Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Course in Miracles podcast, lesson 126. Hope all of you are having a good day. If you've been following along every day since the podcast began, it's Friday. So happy Friday. It's Friday, May 5th, 126 days into 2023. Time sure does fly, doesn't it? I don't know where the time goes. As Course in Miracles says, time is useful until it's no longer necessary. So what we are ultimately seeking is to transcend time altogether and to step into the eternal space in which time does not exist. Wrap your head around that one. Wrap your head around the fact that time is just this thing that humans invented. Like animals don't experience time. They're just in the moment. They're just being what is or being with what is or being what they are or being the essence of that which they are. Excuse me. Tiger's just a tiger. If you watch the videos, if you watch videos on like big cats, it is, they are so intelligent like a lion is so incredibly intelligent in its lionness. A tiger is so incredibly intelligent in its tigerness. Does a tiger experience time? Does a tiger think, "Boy, I sure have been tigering for a heck of a lot of years. I think that my I think I'm ready to meet my maker." Does a tiger does a tiger think that? I don't think so. Time only exists for people, and the Holy Spirit makes use of time so as to teach us that it's not real. I believe, I believe that's what it says. It says the time is discussed throughout the course, but I believe that what it says is that time is useful until it's no longer necessary, and the ego uses time in a certain way, and the Holy Spirit uses time in a different way. So excuse me for not having this perfectly understood. Looks like I need to get back to the text and my YouTube, Course in Miracles YouTube videos. Without further ado, lesson 126, all that I give is given to myself. Today's idea, completely alien to the ego and the thinking of the world, is crucial to the thought reversal that this course will bring about. If you believed this statement, there would be no problem in complete forgiveness, certainty of goal, and sure direction. You would understand the means by which salvation comes to you and would not hesitate to use it now. Let us consider what you do believe in place of this idea. It seems to you that other people are apart from you and able to behave in ways which have no bearing on your thoughts nor yours on theirs. Therefore, your attitudes have no effect on them, and their appeals for help are not in any way related to your own. You further think that they can sin without affecting your perception of yourself, while you can judge their sin and yet remain apart from condemnation and at peace. When you, quote, forgive a sin, there is no gain to you directly. 
You give charity to to one unworthy merely to point out that you are better on a higher plane than he whom you forgive. He has not earned your charitable tolerance, which you bestow on one unworthy of the gift, because his sins have lowered him beneath a true equality with you. He has no claim on your forgiveness. It holds out a gift to him, but hardly to yourself. So this is the traditional way that we view forgiveness. You are nothing but a useless piece of shit, and you are very, very, very lucky that I am gracing you with the gift of my charitable and gracious forgiveness. That's the traditional view of forgiveness. Excuse my language. I felt it was appropriate at that juncture. This is forgiveness. Basically unsound, a charitable whim benevolent yet undeserved, a gift bestowed at times, at other times withheld. Unmerited, withholding it is just, nor is it fair that you should suffer when it is withheld. The sin that you forgive is not your own. Someone apart from you committed it. And if you then are gracious unto him by giving him what he does not deserve, the gift is no more yours than was his sin." So the sin that you forgive is not your own. So you didn't do anything. They did everything. That person over there is the one being the bad person. And it is ever so gracious of you to grant them the gift of your forgiveness. If this be true, forgiveness has no grounds on which to rest dependably and sure. It is an eccentricity in which you sometimes choose to give indulgently an undeserved reprieve. Yet it remains your right to let the sinner not escape the justified repayment for his sin. Think you the Lord of heaven would allow the world's salvation to depend on this? Would not care for you be small indeed if your salvation rested on a whim? You do not understand forgiveness. As you see it, it is but a check upon overt attack without requiring correction in your mind. It cannot give you peace as you perceive it. It is not a means for your release from what you see in someone other than yourself. It is no power to restore your unity with him to your awareness. It has no power to restore your unity with him to your awareness. It is not what God intended it for it intended it to be for you. Not having given him the gift he asks of you, you cannot recognize his gifts and think he has not given them to you. Yet would he ask you for a gift and let it yet would he ask you for a gift unless it was for you? Could he be satisfied with empty gestures and evaluate such petty gifts as worthy of his sin? Salvation is a better gift than this, and true forgiveness as the means by which it is and the means by as the means, excuse me, by which it is attained, attained must heal the mind that gives. Forgiving is receiving. I have to forgive myself for not reading perfectly there. Now, the way, so it, I can use that as an example. So I'm sort of stumbling over my words because I can't quite focus for whatever reason. And if I'm not willing to forgive that in myself, I am very likely to see someone else out in the world not using their words perfectly, not enunciating perfectly, and say, and, and then saying to myself, Look at that stupid idiot who doesn't know how to talk. Now, their quote-unquote stupidity is likely to furthermore occur in like a different form than language necessarily, than the way that they use language, but their imperfections are likely to stand out, and those imperfections are what I am projecting 
about. So when I see someone's imperfections and I judge them, that means that I have some sort of unconscious guilt stored within me and that by forgiving them, I'm forgiving myself. What remains as unreceived has not been given, but what has been given must have been received. Today we try to understand the truth that giver and receiver are the same. You will need help to make this meaningful because it is so alien to the thoughts to which you are accustomed. But the help you need is there. Give him your faith today and ask him that he share your practicing in truth today. And if you only catch a tiny glimpse of the release that lies in the idea we practice for today, this is a day of glory for the world. Give 15 minutes twice today to the attempt to understand today's idea. It is the thought by which forgiveness takes its proper place in your priorities. It is the thought that will release your mind from every bar to what forgiveness means and let you realize it's worth to you. In silence, close your eyes the world that does not understand close your eyes upon the world that does not understand forgiveness. And seek sanctuary in the quiet place where thoughts are changed and false beliefs laid by. Repeat today's idea and ask for help in understanding what it really means. Be willing to be taught. Be glad to hear the voice of truth and healing speak to you, and you will understand the, wor- understand the words he speaks and recognize he speaks your words to you. As often as you can, remind yourself you have a goal today, an aim which makes this day of special value to yourself and all your brothers. Do not let your mind forget this goal for long, but tell yourself, all that I give is given to myself. The help I need to learn that is that this is true is with me now, and I will trust in him. Then spend a quiet moment opening your mind to his correction and his love. And what you hear of him, you will believe, and what he gives will be received by you. So, in other words, all that I give is given to myself. So by forgiving those externals, by forgiving those outside of ourselves, by forgiving everyone for everything, always and forever, we are healing parts of ourselves because the sonship is one. And when you see an adversary show up in your experience, it is an opportunity for you to heal yourself by healing uh, by for healing your, it is an opportunity. I can't talk today. It is an opportunity for you to heal yourself by forgiving him or her, and by taking this type of action on a regular basis, you are again, as I have repeated over and over again, taking your part in the. Yeah, you're participating in the atonement, which is the interlocking chain of forgiveness that will ultimately, eventually return all of humanity to God. Thank you very much for listening to the Course of Miracles podcast. I will catch up with you next time. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.